0: How does the Beatles' first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, as well as the Rolling Stones' first U.S. performance at the Swing Auditorium in Southern California, relate to the Walkman, the iPod, and music as we know it today? Find out about all this and more on Full Circle Analog, the podcast hosted by Brad Blue, the man who, like many, was there through it all, the first and second British invasion, Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, and so, so many more. As well as sometimes me, Alec Blue, his son and fellow lover of music, who comes on to provide a more modern perspective as well as learn about the past. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our official half year episode of Full Circle Analog. We're sitting on episode 26 here, which is uh, exactly half the year in weeks. Uh, we've you know jumbled around, uh, we, I think we skipped one or two weeks in our time here because uh, life happens and orders happen and we have important memories to get to people, but nonetheless we're sitting on the 26th episode here. I have uh, me and dad here in the studio. To, Hello there. Yep, to, and uh, we're here to talk about the year. Uh, we don't think we're going to get another episode in before the end of the year happens as we're finishing up client projects and we're going to take the year off. Uh, but Take we want to look off. back on the the decade, the year, a lot of stuff. So here we go. All right. Yeah, it's like it's hard to
1: believe we've had a half of year of podcast, a uh, dream of ours, dream of mine for a long, long time, and we just jump right into it. Uh, had an idea to talk about hey boomer stuff as we <laughs> we can get into if we like. But uh, keep it light. Um, It is the Christmas episode. The the stuff the boomers grew up with and uh, Alex's perspective, uh, hearing about it and having his own very excellent opinions about the music culture of today and uh, which we should do a podcast on too. Mm -hmm. But... um, The most, you know, what we wanted to do in several of the podcasts was have some of our clients, some of our friends who are musicians play for us and for you, and uh, then talk about their influences and uh, likes and dislikes or how they came into playing either guitar, it was pretty much guitar. We had a harmonica in there too. And, uh, how they learned how to play,
0: what, what they learned th- how to play, what, they, what learned they learned to play on and where they play. So, um, and, uh, we got some surprising answers cause, uh, I'd been to a couple open mic nights around town here, but I, the ones I'd been to were mostly the younger crowd, people my age. And, uh, I had, um. Met a guy named Andrew Sandoval, who we'll probably have on the podcast here eventually. Hopefully next year. I'm uh, trying to, trying to get coffee with him soon, but uh, I got sick, and then schedules, and Christmas, and you know the things that usually happen. Uh, but I had actually uh, inadvertently met a couple of these people that we'd have on our podcast, uh, and the others uh, I had we'd been longtime friends with through church or social events or, or other organizations. And um, I never really knew what to expect when we were starting the podcast, uh, but those days where we had people in studio were the most fun episodes of the podcast to both, you know, set up, record, and then edit, and then upload. It was, it was always the most fun, it was having people in the office working on stuff with us. Uh, the, um, we actually printed out a list here that we're holding of uh, the various episodes we've had, and uh, going, I think, in reverse order. Uh, But the most recent one we did uh, Was an interview with Scott and Steve Two close friends from church uh, That we go many years back with Who uh, sort of perform You know, whatever songs they feel like On a smaller scale And uh, they (laughs) My family first learned about them Because they were invited to go to Was it El Mexicano Up in Forest Falls? Yes, Uh, El
1: Mexicano There's one in Forest Falls Here in in the the mountains uh, Foothills of the San Bernardino mountains. There's also one in, there's one in Forest Falls and there's one in Oakland.
0: Oakland. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, we've we've been to both. Gosh, I remember once we went with uh, my aunt and uncle and it had just started to rain and it was like a summer day. So it was warm and it was the, the air smelled great. That was, only ever have good experiences up there, um, but yeah, they invited you to come watch or uh, listen rather uh, while you ate your meal, and we love to go up there as a family. So you guys went. I was busy with something. I think it was school, but uh, and then I was we were gonna go last time, but you and I had attended the Redlands Market Night, and uh, so Mom went to support them instead. And then the week after, we had them in here or here in studio. So yeah, they uh, they they love to just perform uh, mostly at I, I would say a Mexicano, but uh, they. Like, to, uh, what were the songs they put on? It was, uh, one was, uh, gosh, <laughs> the, the <laughs> names are suddenly escaping me now that they're edited yeah. and uploaded. But uh, they performed three songs in-house for us. Uh, we were having some issues with the microphone due to a, uh, uh, a hardware error that had occurred earlier yeah, that morning. Easy enough to do. But uh, we, once we got it up and running, they performed some songs for us, and then we sat down and recorded the podcast episode with them. Yeah, it's hard to remember the songs. We should probably... <laughs>
1: Not talk about specifics, but with specifics though, with Scott and Steve, uh, they've really developed quite a, a following, if you will, up there. Uh, the restaurant—you can't get a seat. Uh, the owners love them, and uh, they have quite a—you know—forty-plus song repertoire. A lot of uh, you know folk music and pop music from the '60s. We'll put it that way
0: which and, I think Forest Falls is probably the, the perfect place for that because you don't get more hometown folksy than Forest Falls, really, at least not within 20 miles of, of our town. And uh,
1: you might want to call Los Mexica- El Mexicano to find out when they're going to be there or check in with us because they're, uh, you can
0: get a good meal up there and get some entertainment, free entertainment at the same time. And uh, maybe in the new year, that can be one of our goals, is to start promoting local talent. Uh, there's a Inland Movement. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram, as Andrew runs it. And they put on all sorts of local shows. Uh, even yesterday, for the winter solstice, they had a uh, art walk over at the Hearthwood Coffee Roasters in downtown uh, Yukaipa. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it, because it was 4 to 7, and I worked uh, 11.30 to 7.30. So uh, I uh, was unfortunately unable to make it. But he puts on all sorts of events like that, like uh, almost every Saturday at the Ukaipa uh, Valley Golf Club, which is the, to the left at the golf course in town here. They put on an open mic night where uh, Michael Talor performs, who we actually had. you know, he was, uh, was he our first musical guest? Michael was
1: our first musical guest. Michael was a client of mine a few years back, and uh, it was obvious by uh, the video transfer that I did for him that he was a musician, and he was quite a funny guy. And I've been think when I was thinking about the podcast still on the fence about when to start it. We went to the first or one of the first breakfast of the Beatles uh, live events that moved out to Morongo, which is an Indian reservation slash casino
0: casino resort
1: and spa between and hotel, San Bernardino and, and, and Palm everything. Springs. And, uh, Michael was in line in front of us and that. Just took that as karma that it was time to start. And you, we
0: actually <laughs> sat at his table, and you, you and him talked a lot, and you yeah. discovered that you both have a have an affinity for the Beatles, obviously. And uh, he's extremely good at trivia. And
1: <laughs> yeah, he is He got every Beatles qu- quiz question right. Uh, and uh, he grew up here. The thing, if you haven't listened to it, listen to the podcast with Michael Talore and you'll learn about. The Inland Empire, which its significance will always be cemented on the map with the Rolling Stones' first official concert in the United States at the Swing Auditorium here in San Bernardino, and Michael was there, and Michael was at many concerts that he even got, ended up out on the street for being a smart Mike Alec.
0: He, he <laughs> threw a Bible at a cop, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It doesn't get much more rock and roll than throwing a Bible at a cop. Yeah, and he has a really oh, he really man.
1: did a couple songs. One was about his hometown of Fontana,
0: the other one was Cypress Avenue, which Where's I believe it? is about Cypress Avenue in Redlands, which runs right next to State Street. If I am yeah, getting my geography so. right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anyway, Michael was uh, plays a
1: gu- plays guitar, uh, and his band consists of whoever wants to join. In uh, he has his own songs. Besides covering popular tunes from, I think, just about any generation, his brother uh, even signed on with Clive Davis, uh, had a band, which is big leagues in in, in the business. Uh, the folks were talking about do this for a passion. They don't get paid, per se. Their pay is like what Sherlock Holmes would say. The work is payment enough. I'm sure they would all like to get paid, but Michael... Uh, does this for the love of the music and his gift and sharing his gift with everyone. And if you've ever met Michael or, or lucky to, you'll, you'll walk away smiling because he just has that gift of making you feel good.
0: Oh, yeah. And so did, like, basically all of our guests here. That's one thing I've loved about the uh, SoCal music scene is depending, you know, I, they were, a, we're a fairly small town comparatively to uh, some other towns here, but everybody here just has their heart in it all the time. I've never met somebody who got up on that stage uh, at one of the open mic nights and pulled out a guitar or a harmonica and didn't feel like they loved being there. Nobody there felt like they were like doing it as a as a uh, for any mechanical reason. They just loved to be there and hang out. And that was the, that was the sort of vibe I got from everybody. And people were real sociable and start hanging out and I um I I've actually started to practice my photography skills. Uh, there, that was right after I got my new camera, and I tried some videography and practiced my photography, and it was great. And I, uh, I got to get those photos so I can ask Andrew and maybe post them on Full Circle Analog. But uh, there we go. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good goal for the new year is to start promoting more local music, uh, and and hopefully to get in contact with our local radio station. We love what they do over there, and we want to see if there's, you know, anything anything we can we can uh, talk to them about. And, KQLH. Which uh, I love that Ukiah has its own radio station. That's a that's a long term dream of mine is to have enough uh, passive income to make my own radio station, because I love radio more than life itself. But it's just it's a shell of its former self, and I don't really want to pay for satellite radio because I feel like that's not quote unquote radio, you know. Michael but, Michael yeah. did say that
1: he's not playing anymore between Christmas Eve and New Year's, but he will be back on the circuit in the new year and he was just in the studio with somebody. So we'll keep an eye on that. Mary Murphy was another one we had in house. Uh, Mary is, uh, started with me as a client. And, uh, I was curious because she obviously has, uh, was in a band. She has, you know, red hair. She's a very striking lady, both in her look and in her voice and her conversation. And, uh, She's lived a life, uh, and it's not always been an easy life, but she is like Michael, where she'll either walk on stage and sing with a band she's never heard of or try to always been trying to put a band together. She started in Orange County, Garden Grove, I think. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, Mary, but it uh, now lives in the Inland Empire due to a job transfer, and uh, she plays. She's a singer and she loves Janis Joplin. So she sings Janis Joplin. And of course, uh, her name's Mary. She loves Tina Turner. One of Tina Turner's most famous songs is proud Mary. So you get the connection and Mary, if you haven't listened to the podcast, actually met Tina Turner. That's worth listening to all by itself. Um, we've also had, um, People that uh, aren't musicians per se, or maybe they are a little bit, but their passion for music and their knowledge of music is unsurpassed. And of course, I'm thinking about Thomas Lamb, who was on with us and will be on with us again. He's a walking encyclopedia of boomer era music, but he was born 20 years, 25 years later. And he knows more about the music of my generation than I do or any of my friends do. Maybe Michael could give him a run for the money, uh, but uh, not only is uh, Tom uh, an, a brilliant mind, a wonderful guy, uh, his passions are many, uh, music is definitely right at the top of the list, he's a fitness uh, nut, and he believes strongly in uh, meditation and and buddhist and eastern philosophies
0: and on a little different note there's no quicker way to make friends with my dad than by talking to him about the beatles
1: <laughs> yeah with uh, tom it was actually he brought some fleetwood mac to my attention that i had no idea there was fleetwood mac before there was fleetwood mac before there was fleetwood mac they had so many uh, personnel changes that tom and i have just uh rubbed elbows from time to time He's the one that if you've seen our posts on Facebook, he's uh, just happened to be in Palm Springs and uh, Paul Rogers of Bad Company just happened to get out, uh, come in on a bicycle, get off his bike, walk into the convenience store. And Tom's jaw dropped and said, that's Paul Rogers. And he has a selfie to prove it. Um, He went into a record store. He's done other podcasts in record stores. He's kind of in demand and he's uh,
0: popular around the record record store circuit and this because he
1: is into is. record store day he loves vinyl and uh one time uh, a family came up to him in a, in a record store and he might j- mike just happened to be at the moody blues record section and he started talking to this family about the moody blues and the father spoke up and said well that's just wonderful uh and it's a wonderful coincidence because my dad is john lodge the bass player of the moody blues that's tom tom is a music magnet anything related to music tom seems to draw to himself and it's been a pleasure and a joy to have him on our show and we will have him on again so yeah we had the scott and steve we had mike talor we had mary murphy on the show um we uh Another expert of sorts is my good friend George Sardison. George came on early in our podcast, and George uh, is one of those lucky devils who gets to be on the committees that pick the bands that play at the local uh, f- uh, music festival, say. In, in our town, it's called the Arts and Music Festival, and for years, George got to decide, and you, to decide isn't just a it's not a political position. Uh you have to have the knowledge. And George is in between the boomer age and the greatest generation and it was just a lot of fun to talk to George. He loves to his passion is the tribute bands. And from I mean you name it. He even knows the names of the band members in these bands. And before you had to pay for these photo ops, unquote, with the like, for example, Brian Wilson, uh, Brian Wilson. Uh, this wasn't a tribute band, but Brian Wilson was playing and George and his wife went to the concert and they got to go backstage and meet Brian Wilson because of somebody who got them the tickets or whatever. Now you got to pay $500 a pop to do that. George is to fame, too, as he saw the Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, many other interesting things. so we wanted to mention George. that was a really fun uh, podcast. George has a, has a DJ voice anyway he's he's, he's great to uh, to
0: talk to. He uh, is he is pretty charismatic. I did enjoy I really enjoyed having him on. besides he was, uh, I think our first guest
1: yeah, well and, I, uh, I might have preceded him by the next gentleman I wanted to talk to about rather and that was Bill.
0: right right Bill was the first guest.
1: Phil <laughs> Burris and is uh, someone I've known for a long time. He's like Michael Talor in the fact that he grew up here in the Inland Empire, and he knows the Swing Auditorium. He went to concerts. He bought records at all the record stores out here and where the clubs were. He went away to Oregon to go to school, but came back here and has pretty much lived here his whole life. And he has quite a perspective and an interesting conversation about the music scene in Oregon, too. But this would be back in the 70s. So Bill will be with us. He had, we were on a two-part with him. And Bill kind of kicked off the interview, uh, special guest interview with Full Circle Analog. And Bill and I just have not been able to connect on a date. But Bill will be back with us in the new year with more Uh, About cruising the boulevard in in various towns in Southern California, and I'm sure across the United States, cruising was the thing to do on Friday nights. I grew up in Whittier, and on Whittier Boulevard, East Whittier, um, every Friday night you cruise the boulevard. I didn't do it, actually. I wasn't into that. But it happened out here in San Bernardino on Route 66 uh, highway. And other places, Bill knows the scoop on that, and he has a friend who is an expert on it. And we've been trying to connect with his friend and have him on and talk about one aspect that's definitely been around for a very long time, cruising the boulevard, listening to music loud, and
0: I would say, for the
1: most part, good, clean, fun, although the loudness part might get to some.
0: I can't. I can't even begin to imagine that it's as bad as it is now. Like, uh, no, no offense to anybody who does it, but just the amount of bass you can pack into a jeep now. Gosh, I remember back when I was in high school, you could tell when somebody was getting picked up because the from like a hundred and fifty feet away, and it was still like as though they were right next to you. So I can't imagine it was that bad, but I mean, you know people have been ever said you're crazy kids and your rock music for the last 80 years you know <laughs> there's always someone upset about someone else's music uh, right. but i i like that cruising was it, it, i wouldn't say it still is but it was at least a popular thing to do because i my generation doesn't care as much i've noticed people or want to get to point a to point b never realized that more than when i'm driving in the mountains and i feel like i'm going as fast as humanly possible and people are still passing me uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to hear about cruising when uh when phil's run gets in here
1: another subject that came up quite a bit and we were blessed this year if you will with a lot of 50th anniversaries that came up yeah uh at least two that i can remember uh actually three uh one the first one was, uh, and, and it didn't have to be 50th anniversary, uh, we touched on the 35th anniversary of Live Aid. And as I'm looking at the list, most people have listened to that now than any podcast. Yeah,
0: that episode has surged in popularity.
1: And uh, Live Aid we talked about. I had real fun with our Facebook page, posting videos from that concert throughout the weekend as they happen. which leads me to... The real big fiftieth anniversary that I love to follow, and that was Woodstock. Close to August fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth, uh, we celebrated the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, it was a big promotion record-wise. Uh, we learned from the individuals that had access to the original video and sound. Uh, Andy Zax, uh, engineer. This project has been a labor of love. Uh, listen to that podcast about Woodstock. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. You could talk about it for weeks, from the bands to the actual recording process to, you know, what was what was what and where was where, uh, people that were in the trenches back then. We also went over the Beatles' 50th anniversary of Sergeant. I'm sorry, Abbey Road. Which, to many, is the greatest Beatle album, and there's a lot. Was Sergeant
0: N- Pepper's last year?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was not was this it, year. It was
0: soon, or it was recent. I remember no, that.
1: I think it was two. It was 2016. I think it was Sergeant. Picture on our Facebook. Sergeant page. Pepper, White Album, and then Abbey Road, and so we had fun with the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road. Um, all kinds of packages have been released where you can get. Stuff that was behind the scenes when they were making those albums. Uh, but the Woodstock. Which the, if uh, you've
0: never heard Beatles behind the scenes, just go on YouTube and search Beatles outtakes. Mm-hmm. People will take in the audio and put text over them, and they're hilarious. Hearing the, hearing the band sing songs badly or out of, out of order, and mm-hmm. <laughs> they all stop and break down and start laughing.
1: We got a taste of that back then, way back when, when the Beatles uh, anthology series came out. And it was a th- it was a, gosh a three box set of their early Beatles, middle Beatles, late Beatles stuff, and they were tracks that weren't on the album but led to the final take. Uh, fascinating stuff. Um, it's funny Alec mentioned that too because today, as we record this, is the, the last. Uh, episode of breakfast with the Beatles before Christmas breakfast with the Beatles. If you don't know is uh, syndicated on Sirius XM satellite, but it started and is still on an ABC affiliate out here in Southern California, ABC um, FM known as KLOS. It's on Sunday mornings, Pacific time from 9am till noon. And every Sunday they do this 24 or not 24, but every Sunday of the year. And the last Sunday before Christmas, they replay all of the Beatles recordings that they did for the fans. Back in the day, everybody had a fan club. And the Beatles fan club was over 70,000 people. I've heard there were millions who were fans, but these are people that actually paid money to the fan club or, or maybe you didn't and everything was through the mail and over six years the beatles released a christmas comedy is what it was it wasn't music but you got to see the beatles like you never saw them before and boy can i get where monty python came from that was the other 50th anniversary monty python celebrated their 50th this year and we went into that in the podcast as well.
0: But You can really see where that British humor comes from. Yes. It it hasn't changed much over the years either.
1: And for those of you who never got to... You get to hear a lot of Sir Paul and Sir Ringo. Sir. But with George, we lost way too soon. And of course, John as well. John really shines on these Christmas... You can go on YouTube and just type in Beatle Christmas or Beatle Fan Club. There's six of them out. And... You really get a taste for <laughs> their unique personalities. And if you've never heard John Lennon before, you won't believe what you <laughs> hear on these records. He is a hoot. So we had I, can, in- I
0: can attest. They are very entertaining to listen to. Even just to put on in the background at a family gathering.
1: And that was on today on Breakfast with the Beatles. It may replay on Sirius XM this week. I don't know. So... We've covered some of the musicians that played. We've covered uh, some of our interview subjects who are very passionate about music, knowledgeable about music. And we've covered some of the anniversaries that occurred this year. Um, we, looking ahead into 2020, which ni- 2019 by nature le- leads itself this time of year, especially in the days after Christmas, to reminiscing who we lost uh, the whole decade as well, and of, on a hopeful note, what we can look forward to in the decade ahead. And in one week alone, this past week, if you've been following our Facebook page, you've seen me post about it with exclamation marks galore. John Frusciante of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, has, he left the man 10 years ago and has returned so the next Red Hot Chili Peppers album will be the re- feature the return of John Frusciante. And those that love the Chili Peppers probably agree that their best music they ever recorded was with John at guitar.
0: And even if you can't agree, he has the coolest name I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, brother, are you posting those on old days or Full Circle? Hmm? The
1: post. Oh, these are on both. Both on okay. old... Because uh-huh. we have
0: two pages. Uh, if, if you've gotten this far on the podcast and haven't heard about our service, uh, we, our main business is we transfer uh, audio and videotape and uh, whatever you have, like personal uh, – if you have uh, like a personal vinyl recording of yours or you have a VHS or 8mm, whatever you have, we turn those into disc and digital. And uh, that's, a, that's our primary page, which is Old Days, New Ways, as well as Full Circle Analog. So you can follow us on both, or just if you like the podcast, then on Full Circle Analog. So if Dad says he's posted a picture and you're like, I haven't seen that, where was that? It might have been on Old Days, New Ways.
1: The last thing is that right after this announcement, uh, back in September, those of you who grew up w- loving cartoons and political cartoons or Cartoons that made you think. The Far Side by Gary Larson came out in the 70s and br- abruptly ended 15 years later. For 25 years, there hasn't been a, a really much of a word from him. Well, out of the blue in September on his website, The Far Side, uh, there was some uh, something about coming back. And it was like, what? The Far Side is coming back what the far side. what does that mean well it turns out as of the 21st of December which was Friday Saturday Saturday yesterday yesterday
0: as of uh,
1: go to the far side com, I believe but they're jokingly call it the far site uh, and Gary Larson is picking his favorite from the past and he's going to create new topical ones as well so all you far side and i know there's a lot of you out there because the response to my posts have been tremendous as i expected two magical things have happened at the very end of this year the far side is back with gary larson the cartoonist award-winning cartoonist and john frusciante is back at lead guitar with the red hot chili peppers we hope you join us into the new year. This and will be our last podcast for the year, and we wish you all a Merry Christmas. And... and as
0: we take a moment of silence for those we've lost in the year and the decade, followed by hope and, ho- hope and excitement for what 2020 and 2029 will bring us. God, sometimes a day feels like a year, and sometimes a year feels like a day, doesn't it?
1: hmm Amen.
0: All righty, everybody. We will see you next year. <laughs> now I get to make the joke. See you in a year.
1: That's right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from Brad and Alec.
0: Happy holidays. What is it? What does what, what it, John, say? Merry Kringle.
1: Merry Kringle, everybody. Merry Kringle. Happy Christmas. <laughs>